knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Yeehaw! <laughs> hey y'all, it's Walt. Welcome back. This is episode three, Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. I am here with my co-host, Harv Dog Harvey. What's going on, guys? <laughs> he is tired. This boy has been working his behind off. No, you know what? I'm just going to say it. You've been working your ass off. Yeah, that's all there much. is to it. This is landscaping in season, and that's all he does. He has been impossible to get on the phone. And between my wife's graduation and uh, Harvey being busy as a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest, we have not been able to get a podcast going. And I apologize. It's going to be a little late, but we're going to do something special today. We're going to do a Mother's Day special where we kind of highlight how our moms – have really helped our passions and i think you know all too often we give, focus on dad we really do truth I mean, truth be told that's that's the stereotype and right really it's not always true right and you know our moms have i know our moms and i'm sure we're not the only people who have had moms that have done that have helped us in indirect indirect ways to pursue our passions and they really deserve more praise or they got us into it in the beginning or they got us to it. Yep. Or just provided us the, I mean, there's just so many different ways that they've helped us. So we're going to say thank you today by providing y'all with some stories and uh, just some fun, fun times and how they've impacted our lives. And uh, if y'all hear some, some nervous laughter or anything like that, we've got a, a spectator in our midst here. We are trying to convert, a gentleman to the outdoor lifestyle and he wanted to have a behind the scenes look of how we record our podcast and more importantly how we stumble on ourselves so yeah make ourselves look real good <laughs> isn't that right Walt? so we're yeah that's about it that's the extent of it so we're gonna enjoy a cold beverage between the three of us and uh just have a good time but uh, before we get there i'd like to thank our title sponsor wild edge incorporated got it right this time they are the maker of the step ladder and we are beyond happy to have them it's a super safe product, super easy. Anybody can use it. Even I can use it. And that's saying something, isn't it, Walt? If it I is. can use it, I mean, in yep. 10 minutes, I can learn how to use that's it. That's it. And it's minutes. safe for me with my leg. Yeah. Well, if you look on Instagram, he just, y'all go to our, matter of fact, this is great. Go to our Instagram, go to the Wild Edge Incorporated Instagram, and look at one of the most recent photos. It was, um, we're recording this 512, I think it was four days ago. Drew hung a four wheeler from one of the steps. I don't know about you. I'm not hanging four wheelers from the steps, but what that tells me is I can my 200 pounds can step on that ladder, that step, and know it's not going. And anywhere. know it's not going anywhere. So go to his Instagram page, like that photo, hit the subscribe button to him, follow him for some awesome products. I know he's got a lot of stuff coming down the line, and we are just beyond happy to have him on board. Well, you want to start with your story? 
Well, the interesting thing about our stories are, I think, so mine's fishing, yours is fishing as mine's well. Mine's fishing right? as well. It's kind of fitting for the season, too, amazingly It is. The tail end of turkey season, you've pretty much hung hung your I'm done. Your vest out. out. I've yep. got to work tomorrow. Tomorrow's Saturday, the last day of season, <laughs> and I've got to work. So, yeah, it. Uh, I'm done. I haven't been in four weekends, so that can tell you how busy I've been. There are worse things, man. Working is money. Oh, it's great. Cash well, is king. It's not just money and cash isn't king, but <laughs> it's that time of the year. Yeah. You gotta gotta work to pay the bills, man. That's it. That's it. So he he's been busting behind, but the important thing for Harvey is the most important part of his life is coming up. This man is beyond addicted to saltwater fishing hmm. and <laughs> that is picking up speed. He's been well, why don't you tell him about what you've been doing Thursday? Lately? I think uh, we went Thursday and uh, did pretty good. Did pretty good. We uh, caught 10 trout, 10 redfish. All the redfish were keeper redfish, but obviously we couldn't keep a four because it wasn't before it was on a boat. But is it a one? Is it a one-person limit in Florida? It's a one, one, one redfish one, per person. It's a bigger slot too, right? Eh, 27 is the biggest. So It's a bigger slot. It's so. a bigger slot, yeah. I guess. It's not a Louisiana slot, but... It's just, it's as big as we can get around here. Right. So, um, but yeah, it was, it's been fun. We fished uh, Thursday and we attempted to fish Sunday, but we ended up just riding around in the boat Sunday. So that ended up being being a pretty good time. <clears throat> there ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's beating it's beating my my view. I've been wrapping up my spring semester and uh, graduate school. I've been busting my my behind at work, and my wife and I are are working on the next stage of our life, which is building a house. And hopefully that's coming along, going to come along here shortly. And uh, but I've not been, I've not been able to get out in the outdoors, and it's killing me. I've finished my semester, so on my to-do list is to go kayaking, try and catch some fish, and then research food plot seeds for Kevin and I for the fall. We're gonna do some linemen and get everything ready. I mean, I try to get him fishing, but you know, it's it's kind of hard when he denies every time you invite him so yeah it's kind of hard you know no excuses on my it's part my fault. but it's my fault he's he, invited me at least a dozen times and i've never been able to to break away so but not since he's moved to tallahassee no not is, once well not once that's not, not once. true we went freshwater fishing one time yeah but that's i'm just saying i went fishing just, with you one time that's just <laughs> that doesn't that was i don't know what we call that i don't really call that fishing i think that was a break from the wife i think it? that i think that was a break from life <laughs> wrong wrong syllable on the front of that uh, Elena, don't syllable. kill me. Is that for, right? No, that's not right. Elena, Anyways, don't kill me for this. Yeah, my wife's gonna rip me for that. Uh, but yeah, so the the cool thing about our both of our stories is they both surround our mothers, uh, pushing our passion of fishing. And they both started at the bluff. And they both started at the bluff. Both like, of them. I mean, our our story starts at the bluff, so it's only fitting that early in our lives, if they were you know helping us develop our our passion out there, that it would also be at the bluff. So I grew up in Slido, Louisiana, and oh, I, by the way, I'm going to Venice in September to catch redfish for two days. FYI, what, what two days? <laughs> I have vacation time. I have a 121 hours vacation time. Um, early September. Going Brandon Molly. Okay, I can split the gas. I'm probably going to be moving into my home at that point. Probably, so yeah. and you'll be in the middle of your master your. CP. I'll be done. Well, well I'll be on, I'll be on the beginning side of that, but anyways, and you'll be hunting. See, Walt will be deer hunting. I'll be catching redfish, <laughs> fifty-five inch redfish to Damn. be exact. Bull reds, yes. man reds, man reds. There you go. Well, man Rexic reds. So I grew up in Slido, Louisiana, and my dad 
when I was growing up, up until I was about 12, 13, he was not around. And not because he was a neglectful father, but because he was just busting his ass for the family. His career took a lot out of him. And we just didn't do any kind of real fishing. It, but uh, back here, southeast Georgia, we <coughs> excuse me, we had a hunting and fishing club called Dover Bluff, and we would... We would spend a lot of our vacation and time down there. That's been in the family, like we said on previous podcasts, for, for years. generations. Yeah. Generations. <clears throat> and we started coming down there seriously right about the time I turned about 10 or 11. And we would come down for a month during the summertime. Right. And that's where we first met. Yeah. As we've said, too. Yeah. We, so we'd come down for a month, and then Dad would join us when he could. Right. Which was never for the was, entire month. It was four or five days here, four or five days. You might see him eight I to ten days I think we saw him total. about twice, yeah, yeah, during that entire during time. During time. And it was about like what you described. Yeah. So and that was Dad's situation <clears throat> the whole time yeah. coming there. He, it's, to this day, he Thursday, still does that. Yeah, yeah, Thursday to Sunday, he's yep. coming home. So in the interim, you're surrounded by all this fishing. You're surrounded by all these things to do. Everything. And But if Dad's not there, you don't get to go fishing. Right. Okay? Well, that all changed. My mom, which... It's going to sound like I'm ragging on her. She was the most yuppie of all the yuppies you've ever seen. She just We're talking straight city. She, the, who she is today is a, is just such an improvement. Not an improvement. Drastic <laughs> well, change, Mom. Watching. Drastic change. I love yeah. you. <laughs> but she has changed drastically to embrace a more outdoor lifestyle. If you told me my mom would be raising chickens when I was 12 to eat, I would have called you crazy. Okay? Um, but she would take us out there fishing. We, she would take us out. Uh, we had a little Toyota minivan. We'd load that thing up. And what mom managed to do, <clears throat> what she was man- able to um, process and feel comfortable doing was more than anything. She was capable of doing a lot of things. But the familiarity with it, we would dip net crabs. Right. Not with, dip net with crabs. With drop, 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 drop traps. Drop traps. Yep. Right. And we would fish from the docks. And the fishing from the docks was really simple. I mean, we would take these little lightweight poles. You'd put a little itty-bitty hook on there with a little, bit of, a little itty-bitty sinker. And you would dangle this fishing line with a little piece of shrimp on the end down around the pylons in the salt water holding the dock up. So the cool thing to that was, you know, you're never catching much. Right. But what you always, you always caught something. Something would take the bait because right. there would be all these It'd little small something there. croakers you, you, and yellowtail. Basically what it was, it was a good learning experience, but really it was a good babysitting yeah. tactic. It was yeah. really what it was. It Time was. Time occupier. It was. It was beautiful out there. You got a little canopy. Matter of fact, when we started out there, though, there wasn't a, a roof. No, there was no dock. Yeah. There was no roofs. <laughs> um, so, you know, we... We'd go out there, and we would spend sun up to sundown catching crabs, which mom would cook and clean. Right. And we'd catch croakers and throw them back. You know, every once in a while, you'd catch you something a little better. Yeah, or something. something. Like that. But, you know, when I, was, when I was a wee little thing, you never it never got deep enough or far enough, excuse me, to, to do that. But every summer that we went down there, she would take us out there. And that naturally progressed um, to where when I started to hit 12 to 13 to 14, I wanted to fish out there for longer. I wanted to fish out there for bigger things. And my mother saw the wisdom. Now, if y'all aren't familiar, if y'all grow up, if y'all are listening to this podcast and you're somewhere where the ocean isn't a thing or uh, you grew up somewhere the Gulf where the the tides aren't aren't severe, where where I grew up and where I vacationed down there at Dover's, you'd have a 10 10 to 15 foot swing in tide within a day. 
within eight hours, eight six hours, hours yeah. six hours. Daylight and dark, you'd right. see two changes. You'd see two right. changes in elevation of 10 feet. Well, what that means is in these small creeks, you're talking a whole lot of water exiting that creek really fast. Yeah. And if you're not careful, you could easily drown because you'd fight the current, and it was an and unbeatable that, current. That you, was not – we were taught very, very, very young. If we, A, ever jumped in or, B, ever fell in, you just float to the next dock or the marsh or, or swim whatever. diagonally to the yeah, marsh. Just, Don't just, try and make it back to the just, dock. If you can Let float, it, yep. we were taught to float on our back. You yep. float to the next dock, or you yep. float. Do you hit grass or mud that you yep. can lay down? And in. then and then you just sit there, and we'll come find you, or you walk back to us if you can get right, up in the grass. Whatever, but do not fight that current. No, you'll die. Well, that was obviously a natural fear of my mom because right. she's got a thirteen-year-old boy. You know, we're also talking about early two thousands. I didn't have Man, a cell phone. You didn't have cell phones. Okay. There wasn't an easy way to locate your son if he fell in the water. There were GPS on your phone. You can't do that. Find find my son. That wasn't even an idea. The app store wasn't even a concept no. yet. So, you know, you had these little walkie-talkies. Do you remember that? If we were lucky. If you were lucky. We most, were, of the time I had would, those. most of the time they would kick me out the door <laughs> and just say, go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> your parents, your parents never let you get too far, though, without knowing where you were at. Eh. They let me go for six, eight hours, and I'd, be, I'd just say fishing, and uh-huh. they'd know I'd be somewhere. But they <laughs> yeah. knew yeah. that I was, A, a strong enough swimmer right. that if I fell in, I wasn't going to panic. Well, and I that, knew what to do. That was what Mom assessed was I, didn't, I wasn't a strong enough swimmer. So the summer before I turned 13, I believe, she enrolled me in a swim class. And I had to learn how the butterfly stroke, yeah, how to about do. This. Walt didn't re- Walt didn't really get invested in swimming until he was a little older, really compared to mm-hmm. me. Well, I mean, because I was thrown in a pool at I don't know. Well, I knew seven, I knew how to right, swim. Right. I, I think just, the difference the difference being being a strong established right. swimmer is a different thing. Now you have to also remember my mom's also a yuppie at this right. point. So seriously, so your family grew up in the woods, water, well, creeks, mom river. Didn't. Your mama didn't. No. She grew up Thomasville, right? City, South Georgia. But no, she, really, like, yeah. Like she knew how to swim. She lifeguard, all that good stuff. But Mama didn't come to the country until we moved out here to the farm. She might shoot me for saying that, but it's she never thought she would have chickens. Kind of like Walt said, we didn't yeah. raise them to eat. There's nothing wrong with that progression. Chickens. No, yeah. But one thing Mom did do is she threw me in a pool mm-hmm. at six, seven, eight, and said, "You're gonna learn how to swim." And I had to learn how to swim mm-hmm. before I got my first fishing pole. Right. So there was a very, yeah. very, very... Sure, sure. And we went <laughs> to Blue Bayou and water parks, and I knew how to swim, and I was a established swimmer. I think more than anything, it was a way for my mother to process and trust that she had seen that I was capable of it. You know, there's... One, one thing I will say, and Walt might shoot me for this, Miss Joni... Always knew where Walt was. She he had did. to check in every yep. two and a half hours. Like yep. could go six hours and not have to worry mm-hmm. about it. But if Walt didn't check in, Walt got in trouble. Mm-hmm. A lot of trouble. Oh yeah, you remember but, the bell? Yeah, oh, I remember the, the we, bell. We could hear it from one end to the <laughs> other, and I knew Walt. You better had, learn. You Walt better had, learn. You better yeah. learn how to yeah. walk home in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, I wish so little side note here. My mom had this big cast iron huge. bell, huge, and it was what my granny used to call home my uncles. Down in Fernandina Beach. So we had that mounted on the front of the, the bluff house on this big cedar pole. <laughs> and that was the check-in with me call. That was the... Basically what it was, was get your ass home. Basically. Quickly. Real quick. In a like, hurry. Like if it was dinner time and you heard the bell, walk come on. Huh. Didn't matter what time it was. You heard the bell. It was time. Okay, well, I guess this fish is getting off this line. You could, be, you could have been fighting a world record... 
tarping. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't matter. Cut the line. It's time to go home. Sorry, I gotta go get. You want to hold this pole? Because I gotta get out of here. Uh, and there were, there were phantom times. There were times you're like, oh, I heard the bell, and you start like freaking tweaking out, running down the like, front of the bluff. And mom's no, like, oh, I've been you. sitting on the deck uh, reading a book. I'm not worried about you. I didn't ring the bell. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, mom will always have me checking in with her. But uh, so I took this course. I learned how to swim, and that following that summer, mom, that was having graduated that course. Which she almost killed me uh, in that course. Uh, my I found out I had asthma while swimming across an Olympic pool, and if it wasn't for the instructor seeing that, noticing that, and diving in, I was sinking to the bottom quickly. Uh, so yeah, mom almost killed me trying to teach me how to swim. Strong, uh, but yeah. So having graduated from that course, I then had free reign to go out down to the docks, um, and my range slowly expanded. The front dock used to be right there at the at the at the pool house. Walt was a, a lot more. He he had to his range didn't expand quite as <laughs> my, quite as quickly. My parents as his loved me. Did. <laughs> my my parents loved me so much they wanted to see me at all times. Yeah, <laughs> they just didn't want to hear me. Late was like, I was like, Walt, you want to go fishing? Let me ask mom. What? Yeah, I gotta ask mom. I remember one day. <laughs> it's interrupted the Walt story, but he'll laugh. We went out on the boat. It was a Sunday afternoon. We had to go pick somebody up in the John boat. So we go running down the dock all Baywatch style. And uh, we go out there and we come, are heading back in. This is this is when we had cell phones. I mean, we were, we were older. Walt was probably 15 or 16. Oh, is this with the redneck yacht? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Walt gets about halfway through this two and a half hour long pool with a 15 Johnson pulling an 18 foot okay. boat with a 125 so on let's provide some context to the story we got a call that somebody had ran out of gas yeah so they're floating down river well there's two strapping young lads Leighton has a brand new V-hole John boat no this was the old crappy one this was the redneck yacht Remember right. the aluminum, right. but well, to us it was brand it was, new. To us it was brand but new, But it was right. 50 years yeah. old already yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it did have a brand new motor it on did the It did not Johnson. Brand new Little white thing. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. So we get the call, hey, it's time to, to save somebody's life. You know, this is serious for two 14-year-old boys. So that's what we're we're pulling. You can go ahead from there. I just So we hook up to them. We pull it in. I'm, I'm not, I don't know no difference. I'm just pulling with this little 15-foot, 15-horsepower 15 Johnson. You know, half throttle, just pulling. About to pull the cleats out of the back of the boat, mind y'all. <laughs> Literally, we pulled the screws out. So, Walt gets a phone call halfway through this pool. And, I mean, it's literally a two-and-a-half-hour pool. And, um, we're, like I said, it's summertime. We don't care. Walt, you have youth youth, um, youth, whatever. Youth group. Youth, youth group, yeah. At the end of the – at uh, 5 o'clock. Mama, I'm on a boat. In the middle of the river. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm a half mile away. I'm a half mile away. Well, that's not far. You can make it. No, you don't understand, Mama. I have a bigger boat behind me that I am pulling. I walked, got his butt crawled when he got home. But yeah. it was, that was funny. That was one of the reasons. One of the reasons why my mom and dad were always up my butt was because I could never make it home on time. No. I was not reliable to, A, be doing what I was need to be doing. If I need to be doing yard work, I was out fishing doing something. If I was supposed to be home at 5 o'clock, I came home 7.30 just ragged, you know. So I didn't – I was always in trouble, like, for just no, not – No, Walt was always in like, – It was always like, my fault, you understand, 100%. Always in trouble. Like, <laughs> mom would go, where's Walt? Oh, he's in trouble for something. Oh, he didn't mow the grass yesterday. He's in trouble? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm fishing by myself. But then now when Walt turned 18, well, not 18, probably 16, 17, something like that, we'd be out on the back docks till 2 and 3, 4, 5 yeah. in the morning. 
It was a dramatic shift. Yeah, it was a yeah. crazy shift. My parents quit. They, 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 they'd written me off or not. I was, I'm done. I'm, there's nothing ever. It just, he's going to wreck his life. Just let him have it. So, but yeah, so that following summer, to get back to the story and in this, uh, this uh, bash fest here, the roast of Walter's childhood, uh, that following summer, I was allowed to stay on the docks by myself. You know, it started with the front dock and then it moved on down to the to the pulpwood dock the and then docks. it moved to the end docks you know and eventually i could go to the very far back of the property and, and right. fish back there the only one we couldn't ever go to until we were about 14 or 15 was black hammock yeah but that because that was because we had to go down a public paved yeah, road and we had to and we didn't have a gate key we didn't have well we didn't have a gate key so they wouldn't give us a gate key but we really didn't have any way to get back there unless they let us that's steal a truck too. that's fair too but Walt, by 15, 16, that's about the time yeah. we'd start be giving trucks. Because Walt uh, decided to wreck his four-wheeler in salt water. That was Marshes. way later. That was way later. Was it way later? Oh, that was way later. Was it? I thought oh, it was when we were no. 16. No, 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 no it was no, the batterized no, no. golf cart we brought. Batterized golf cart was the one we took mud bogging. <laughs> Note to self, water and electricity no, do not work. Salt water and electricity. It wasn't really salt water. It was, the front, it was the front dock. It was the front road. It would have had those rains. Oh, yeah. That was back before they paved it and put in all the oysters. So we just, we'd get going 15, 20 miles an hour in an electric golf cart. I mean, seriously, how stupid can you be? That's 14, 15 for you. And we'd hit the puddle as hard as we can and send water 20 feet up in the air. Like, oh, well, when that thing quit running, it didn't take long to figure out what the hell happened to the damn thing. So, but yeah, so she would, so the, the, the situation would progress to where now, you know, mom doesn't have to be back there. She doesn't really like fishing. She never has. Doesn't care anything. Really, for she it. actually kind of hates fishing. So, but what she would do is she'd bring me coolers with the food. She'd be bring me cool. I could call her and say, "Hey, the, the bite is the bite is on. I've got uh, an illicit amount of redfish in the in the cooler. Uh, can you bring me more bait?" And she'd bring me more bait. She'd bring me food. She'd bring me sunblock. You know. So, you know, while my mother never was the one for long baiting the hook. You know, while she was never the one saying, hey, I can't wait to go. Right. She always, she knew it was important to me, and she always found a way to yeah. get me out there. Let us go do it. Yeah. She let me and you hang out and fish for, God, hours on end. Yep. I never went without. If I needed a fish, I may not have had the, a $400 fishing setup, right. but I had a fishing setup. If I needed hooks, she found a way to get me hooks, you know. That was a lot of times me and Walt had to catch our own bait, period. Yep. Me or him. Well, and it that was matter. something that she that she instilled. She said, you know, that was... that was. You want to go fishing, yep. you go catch bait. Here's a cast net. Figure, I'll give you a $30 cast figure, net instead of paying $10 for a quarter yeah, shrimp. Don't lose Go catch it. your own bait. Don't lose yep. it. Don't tear it. If you net. tear it, fix it. There's no yep. telling how many nets I lost or tore up. I told I bought a brand new one hundred and fifty dollars cast net when I was sixteen, fifteen. All the money I had, first time I threw it, it goes under the dock because I'm not thinking, mm-hmm. and rips a brand new eighteen Boy, foot that pro hoist grade. Dock, yeah, that mm. hoist dock's probably got had more, stole more cast nets. But it's got the most shrimp around Dang, it than sure I've ever seen in my life. Yep. But now we're too lazy. Now we just buy it. Or I just don't fish. <laughs> or Walt just doesn't. I've pretty fish. much cut fishing out of my life and, and moved on to putting more of my funds into hunting. That was more out of necessity, though. You know, and back fun. in college and fun. What fishing? Whenever we were down there fishing. Oh yeah, 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 just, yeah. That was just straight. Yeah. No, it was a fun. blast. I had, I loved it, man. Some of the best times, best sunburns, all that stuff, man. I remember one time, so mom takes me, this will be the last story, then I'll let you go. My mom's taking us, she loves crab meat. My mom to this day loves crab meat. Bring home the crabs, she'll cook them, she'll clean them, she'll, she'll pick deal the meat. With them. She'll deal with them. She just doesn't like catching them so much. So, at the bluff, there was a pool house and there's a clubhouse, and in front of it was the main dock. It's what everybody called it, it was the main dock. What'd you call it? 
Main dock. Main dock, yeah. And you can catch a fair amount of crabs out there. That's the one thing about those salt, marsh, salt marshes. You might not be able to catch redfish everywhere. You tend to can. You might not be able to catch redfish or, or sheephead and all kinds of stuff out there. But every daggum creek's got shrimp and every daggum creek's got, got crab in it. And my mom's down there reading up under the, the awning and just, you know, relaxing, doing her thing. And Hannah, my oldest, youngest sibling, and I are catching crabs. And so... If you've never caught crabs before, if you're listening from, you probably should tell people this. So you have this dip net and it's on a string and you drop the net with a piece of chicken or fish. Typically speaking, I use chicken. Right. That's what we, most of us, unless we have fish heads. Yeah. Or fish heads. Fish heads were good too. But chicken quarters were cheap, 20 cents a pound. And you could, you know. Mom would go buy those for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'd sometimes let them sit out and get a little stinky sometimes and they'd be the best in then. And and what you do is you'd put them and you'd tie them to the bottom of these traps. And there are a variety of different style of traps. One of them was these these big bowls. That's like the most popular way, right. and it's got three different rings to it, and it all Those folds me- flat. The metal metal ones. Well, metal, but it's got a it's got right. a, a cloth yeah, line yeah. net me, to me, it. That's what me and you yeah. like to use. And that was what we most people cut their teeth on. And you drop it to the bottom, you let the crab get on top, and then you rip that joker up as fast as you as you possibly can. You pull the crab out of it, you throw them in the bucket, and rinse and repeat. The other option that you had, and this is something I ended up spending money and upgrading to, it cost maybe five, ten dollars more, were these pyramid traps, and they were complicated as hell. They and, were. <laughs> and they tangled up all the time. But the interesting thing about it, it was like a cast net when you pull on the line, it was a pyramid that would sink to the bottom and all and four sides flat. would open up. So but then when you pulled the line, whack, the whole thing shuts up. You can pull it up slow as you want to. Crabs ain't going nowhere. Only problem you had with that is the strings that you had tied to each corner when the crab caught yep. in and he got on top of it. You yep. get very frustrated whenever you go to pull yep. and he flies out of the trap. Yep. That was frustrating. That's why I quit using those. Yeah. Because I just, they would get, that was mm-hmm. my. I, I kind of like swung for the fence because when I did that, I could catch two or three at a time. You know, you almost always lost one or two on the edge of those netted, netted traps if you couldn't get it up. And in the time. funnest time to do it was low tide whenever yeah. you could see the see the yeah. chicken and you watch them crawl yeah, in. You could see them crawl like up over the top of the game. Yeah. We'd have like five of those out while we're fishing and then mm-hmm. we'd run over and check them and then we'd run back, run over and check them yeah. and then run back. Well, I think the other way that people did it, and I think it was fun too, this is the way that our parents cut their teeth was it was just a hook with a big lead sinker right. on it and you'd hook the meat on there you'd throw it out and you'd let it wait and you'd tug and if you tugged and you felt something on there you'd slowly I mean just real slowly pull it up until it got right to the surface and then throw a net up on net there up and on grab it. That's what we used to do. Yeah, I used to do that too because you know you wanted some variety. And then we used to chase them around the floating docks with a net whenever they get on the side of the floating docks. Yeah, you sit there. yeah, hey, you're right. I forgot did, about that we too. Five dozen one day doing yeah, that. I've never you can. Seen, never caught that many crabs yeah. doing that. So we're out there and we caught a pile of crabs, man. I mean, just a god awful pile of crabs. And my sister at the time was just this wiry thing, man, just straight, like all knuckles knuckle skin and a little bit of bone i mean just wiry and my sister has always been hysterical and a little different in how she does things and she she loves crab meat as well and she bends over this five gallon bucket full of crabs and you can hear them snapping in there and whatnot and she starts like singing and whatnot and all of a sudden she goes i'm gonna eat you and i swear to god it was the the funniest thing i died laughing mom died laughing and to this day we tell that story to hannah just about every time we see her which is like <laughs> twice a year and uh yeah man there was just some really good times down there so yeah we need to go back down there and just kind of quit our job we should go back and do all that right we should we should just crab for a living yeah Maybe probably be, could make good living be a real simple living uh-huh jagum ramp <laughs> no stress no cell phones no nothing no so, f- 
So how'd your mom get you involved? Mom what did got, she do for you? Mom got me involved. Same way Walt did. Except for... We would go down on vacation versus Walt lived down there. Um, well, the stories that I told then, I didn't live yeah, down there you yet. Weren't, you weren't living. Nope. Um, mine was probably... I don't know. I was probably four. Three or four. Probably four. She let me hang my legs over the side of the dock with a three-foot Snoopy pole. With like, <laughs> oh, God. With like six-pound yeah. test on it if you were lucky. I forgot those poles. And you oh put like four squeeze lead on there and a hook <laughs> and you would literally she would literally sit there all afternoon with me bait my hook and let me catch croakers yep for five or six hours on end and that's all we did that was it she would leave Anna, my little sister in the house with me ma and she would literally sit out there with me for hours and then finally when i got old enough to start i don't know running a regular reel bigger reel we would catch sheephead and drum and all that good stuff but I think the coolest part was, and Walt will vouch for me on this, is that I have a knack for feeling stuff on the end of a rod that most people do not feel. Absolutely. Um, like I've never seen before. I can feel the slightest change in a weight, a line, movement, anything. My hands can feel it. And how that was developed was, It's almost like you have some kind of sick sixth sense man it you look at water and it's like you can almost break away the water to see the fish having never seen it before um mom literally trained me i guess at three or four being that young a croaker when it bumps the end of a a hook i guess or a bait it literally feels like somebody just taking their finger and just barely Uh touching you like you would never even know it and i guess me being as young as i was i remembered that i picked up on it and I never forgot it. And I just, the older I got, I got better and better and better. And I started honing that technique, I guess, basically. Um, but, yeah, so that's how I got into fishing. And my dad probably won't like that, me tell, telling him that mom taught me how to fish. But in all <laughs> honesty, that is the truth. Like, dad taught me how to somewhat fish, but only after mom gave me the finger to know what (laughs) gave you the finger gave me literally the finger okay yeah to be able to feel and understand what a bite was um what a minute bite was and that's kind of mom has always cleaned the fish for me up until i was old enough to clean it and even after then she would clean fish for me mom quite frankly doesn't she likes to go fishing about twice a year she just likes being on the boat um but like walt said crabs that's a different story. Uh-huh. Loves crabs. I mean, we'll sit out there and put crab traps out and want 30 pounds of crab meat after a week at the bluff. Yep. Um, Bring me fish heads, Harvey. Yeah. I remember exactly. that. Exactly. Go catch me croakers. I don't go. care. Stuff to trap. Walter, you and Harvey go fish. They can go fishing because I need more fish heads for the, for the crab traps. Your right. mama's emphatic about them crab traps. She wants her 30 pounds of crab uh-huh. in the freezer for a year. Well. Um, but I think Walt will probably get a little mad at me whenever I say this, but... I learned how to sheephead fish about six years ago, and uh, at the bluff. Why would that make me mad? You'll see. Oh, Um, I caught the biggest sheephead. I caught the biggest sheephead of my life over at the bluff. And uh, Walt called me one day, and I was over there. And this is when we were older. We were seventeen or so. He was probably twenty two, twenty one, and I was seventeen. He wasn't that old. He's probably a little younger than that. But 
I take Walt. He goes, Layton, I want to know how to sheephead fish. Because you really didn't know how to sheephead fish until mm. I taught you. Nope. <laughs> so Walt comes out there with an ugly stick and a Shakespeare rod with 20-pound test on it. I said, that ain't big enough. He said, yeah, it is. I said, okay, whatever. That that right there, that, that sums up our entire relationship. Layton or I say, we need to do X, Y, and Z. The other one says, no, we don't. The other one says, yes, we do. Round and round we go. Right. And uh, Eventually we quit talking. Oh. <laughs> well, Walt, anyways, <laughs> back to the story because we are just all over the place today. This is probably when we have That's company. That's okay. Probably late at night. Probably when we have company. Yeah, it's like eight. It's like 8.30 at night. My bedtime. No, it's like 9.30 at night, and my bedtime is in 30 minutes, um, which is 10 o'clock for any, if anybody needs to know. Um, so... Anyway, I take Walt sheephead fishing, so I make him catch all the fiddler crabs, and we have to flip over these rocks, and you got to catch them, and they'll pinch you, and all this good stuff, and so we get 10 or 15 fiddler crabs, and Walt goes, all right, I'm ready to go fishing, so I said, okay, so I tie a leader onto his 20-pound test, and I put a treble hook on there, and I say, all right, drop it down by the, and we got a weight on there, probably an ounce, ounce and a half. At least. Yeah, because the current is ripping. Yeah. So we're fishing 10 foot of water, sometimes 5 foot of water. If If the water was clear, you could see the sheephead. But, so Walt drops it down, and he's sitting there fishing. I'm like, Walt, you ain't got a bite yet? No. No. This is like five minutes of what I'm like, he's had to have a bite. They're just, because I was there the day before killing him. He pulls his bait up. Son of a There's no bait. So he does this five times. Literally five times. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, I've had enough. I can't catch one. So finally, I said, drop it down. Let me hold it. <laughs> so he answers the rod. He drops it down. I go, and I pull up a little, I don't know, three-pound sheep, not little, but three-pound sheep head. And he goes, how'd you do that? I said, "You, it's all in the technique. And uh, so Walt goes, all right, let me hold it again. So after about five misses, he finally sort of gets the hang of it. He hooks one, of, I don't know, I'd probably say, what, five pounds? Yeah. Maybe a little smaller, but anyway, yeah. all that rod, good, want, good, all that yeah. rod wanted. Uh-huh. So he's sitting there reeling, 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 reeling. And I'm like, Walt, you got to get him away from the pilots. You got to get him away from the pilots. And he's like, I can't do anything with him. Mm -hmm. I said, I told you. So that one breaks off. Yep. And he's just pissed. So then I go to the golf cart and I get my rod out. Now, I went overkill. I've got a six foot six (sighs) offshore rod with a 4,500 Shimano spinning reel on it with 80 pound braid and a 30 pound leader on it. So I say, okay, use this. Yep. Yep. He drops that down, and he starts pulling them up left and right. And then finally, I give it to him. I said, all right, go try that big piling. We get one that's probably four pounds. Yep. Pretty big sheephead. He was pretty good size. Yeah. Kind of face, Walt's face freaking out, somewhere. jumping around the dock. Get the net, get the net. Now, we take a net, and we put it on a 30-foot piece of PVC pipe and mm-hmm. duct tape the hell out of it. And that's what we reach down at low tide and get fish with. Mm-hmm. So I reach down to get the net, and about that time, he goes, hitting that sheephead to have teeth. Mm-hmm. So about that time he goes and pops the leader. Walt goes, is he in the net? I said, nah, he ain't in the net. Walt doesn't know he's in the net. And so then I lift the net up. I said, damn, man, we lost him. Next thing I know, I dump it on the dock. And he goes, you caught him. You caught him. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I caught him. Uh-huh. But that was, that was kind of ragging on Walt's more. But that was probably Walt's way of learning how to catch sheephead and learning everybody's way of learning how to sheephead fish yeah yeah it's just sitting there getting frustrated because so you know again we have listeners who may not know what a sheephead looks like it you know if if you google black drum they look very similar but basically human teeth yeah basically they look like a buck-toothed 
black drum is basically what it is. So yeah. they're these big, tall, very thick. And they've um, got three or four rows of them. Yeah, it, uh, it's a big, tall, thick fish with black and white stripes going down its side like he's in jail. And uh, he's got a mouthful of teeth, and he looks like a buck-toothed joker, like literal, uh, literally one. Yeah, Layton. Layton's a buck-toothed joker. Now, the sheephead is a, uh, a buck-toothed joker, and one of the 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 things that goes into it is because they have these teeth, they can literally steal the bait right off the end yeah. of your pole, which I is use- one of the reasons you use a trouble hook, right. you know. Uh, and the other thing is you're taking this bait and you're dangling it up and down. You're running it up and down the length of, of the dock. And so you feel the dock bump, but you, right. you, you feel you the piling. And yeah. 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 So there's a learning curve to it. And until you catch your first sheephead, honestly, until you catch about five or ten sheephead, you really don't get it down and you really don't start. To, and you still no, flinch at still, times. But, yeah. you know, the perfect rig that I eventually had set up was a seven, seven foot, seven point, seven and a half foot heavy weight ugly stick. With a big old pin reel on there right. and eighty pound braid, and, and it something. sounds like absolute overkill. But, but you're fishing really up against a dock with barnacles all over. You've got to pull him off there, and you caught one that's sitting on the wall somewhere, right around the corner. Right around the, the corner. AC. What was it? How big was it? I think it was eight and a half pounds. Eight and a half it's pounds. The biggest sheephead I'll probably, yeah. honestly, will ever catch in my life. Yeah, the way we fish for him. Yeah, pretty much anywhere. I mean, that's a big sheephead from Florida. Even. Yeah. Um, my biggest was five and a half pounds. Yeah, and this one five point five three. This one I fought him for I was twelve or thirteen, mm-hmm. and I pulled him up, and it was low tide, and I had another buddy with me that was over there, older, probably in his mid twenties then. I take this fish and I get him away from the pilings, and I have you tighten your drag down all the way. There is no drag. You either pull them off. Boy, and they we break way or got they we don't. got way off the story. Yeah, but hey, but see not? this? No, go ahead. But um, so I drag him off. And I throw him up on the rocks, and I'm hooping and hollering, and Matt's, they, they've got a truck stuck mm-hmm. right by the dock. You back at Parsons, weren't yeah. you? No, we were back at, uh, right beside, uh, back cover dock. We were at, uh, back Pulp, Pulpwood. You at the Pulpwood? Yeah. There were rocks back there at that point? Yeah. Okay. So we, I throw him up on the rocks, and leader breaks. Mm-hmm. So Matt literally doesn't care. He might have had a few cold ones in him. Probably. Uh, Usually did by that time of the day. Yeah, it was about 730 uh-huh. at night. It, <laughs> during the 4th of July, I'm pretty sure yeah. it was pretty good. Um, but so he literally just jumps on these rocks and just jumps on this fish mm-hmm. and he throws him up there and Matt comes up and he's got cuts all over him, all over his shirt, blood everywhere. He said, I ain't worried about me. He said, that's the biggest sheephead I've ever seen in my life. And that was a sheephead fishing joker. Yeah. That's well, all his Matt daddy did. was. Yeah. His, his daddy, daddy was. was. What's his, his daddy's da- name? Uh, Ron. Ron. Ron's the one uh, yeah. that taught me how to do it that summer. Mm-hmm. And I learned in a quick hurry. And, you know, earlier I was going to say we got off the topic of fishing, you know, off of the mothers and everything. But, but we really, really didn't because, because their involvement of us there is what started so, all yeah, that. Yeah, started all that addiction uh-huh. over there. Or started uh-huh. my addiction. That's It's in my blood now. Walt knows and everybody else that knows me knows. If Layton could find a job in the Keys that paid well, he'd be gone tomorrow. He'd drop everything and leave tomorrow to go live in the Keys and fish. Four days a week. Five just get your daggum captain's license. Do it yourself. You I got the boat and everything. That. See, I don't do see, that. I just provided him I with an opportunity right there. No, he didn't. And he didn't no, drop he anything. Didn't. He's got a paid off thirty foot bayliner. That's not bayliner. What is it? It's a it's a boat. Shearwater. Daggum, your buddy knows what your boat is better than you do. No, I know what the boat. He's is. got a he's got a thirty foot shearwater. No, see, Walt just makes it sound real easy. It ain't that easy. I'd already done it. <laughs> see. Well, uh, well, then in that case, Walt, why don't you uh, guide in Montana tomorrow? 
because I'm married. And I'm not the person that just sat here and said, oh, if you give me one opportunity, just one opportunity, I'll drop everything. He didn't on the podcast, but he has a many a times before. Yeah, well, I think that's that's pretty much accomplished what we wanted to talk about. You know, thanks, Mom, to for getting us into it. Just doing everything that you've always done. Both of our parents have always supported our hobbies and uh, really gone above and beyond to make sure we were out there there doing it. Our friendship wouldn't even be a thing if it wasn't for our moms going down there and teaching us how to fish and taking us to the bluff. So uh, we owe our my I got my best friend from fishing and my mom. I owe my mom for getting me down there and meeting them and. yeah, thank you. I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done. Showing so, us that place. Yeah. I hope you have a, a happy Mother's Day. I hope you've enjoyed this. And, uh, yeah, happy Mother's Day. Thank well, you, Mama. Thank you. Y'all be good. If you if you like this, please hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Instagram. Don't forget to go to Wild Edge Incorporated's page. Follow them on Instagram and uh, show them some love. And we'll see y'all another time. Sometime next week. Be good. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app. Oh, that's awesome. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.